and welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, your local one-stop shop for D&D 5e actual play podcasts. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, who runs the game, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts. I have Daniel over here, rearing up for a good time, just like a horse. Look at him go. <laughs> That's Daniel. We also have Janelle. <laughs> so stupid. We also have Janelle, who's ready to corral the cattle and apparently horse that make up our party. Well, you know, somebody's got to keep everybody sort of like in the central area so we can do this thing. We snaw. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did it? I don't know. I wanna... Janelle, please rear him back a little bit. Yep. Uh, hun, you need to tone it down. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, Janelle, well, while Janelle <laughs> takes care of that, we've also got Nate here, too, who is. Oh, my God. Nate, <laughs> he's lurking under the table again, as always. You guys put me in this cage down here. I'm just going to give you guys a silent treatment until you let me out. Well, I don't think we're losing much because you hardly talk during the episodes anyway. I'm, you guys I'm are distracting me. I'm playing CK3. What is no, this? I'm, 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 I'm letting him out. Hang on. Hang on. No! <laughs> I kicked it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm under attack. No, he's loose. I'm under attack. Whoa. Get, get, Nate, get on my back. All right. While this, this train wreck is going on behind me, Ride like the Joel wind, over Bozai. here just trying to work on this beautiful accent of his. Click. Well, I was just going to say, Josh, that I've been doing this stupid Irish accent so much that I need to get back to my roots and do uh, work on my Southern Indian accent. Oh, no. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I I want you to go back to the other one, please. Well, oh, it, it might take me a while, Josh. Uh, oh, I might have to go uh, go out back and do some singing, you know? Well, all right, well, shoot me well, in we're, the all leg. Work, we're all working on our Indian accents. Right, Let's yeah. move on over to AJ over here, who's ready to lead us into, into a final battle with a mighty charge of his. Yes. Today. No, AJ, is, say it with an Indian accent. Yeah, this, AJ, this is y'all, my, y'all gotta. The, no, this is how I. This <laughs> AJ, is that's Indiana. not how we. That's oh, not how we sound we, in northern Indiana. Fr- Freaking. Northern Indiana bumpkin. That's right. true. Hoosier sound, I guess. Yes. Ah, stupid Hoosier. Uh, canoeing but and corn. Yes, I'm Indiana saying. Indiana was that's... in the Union. <laughs> oh, my Canoeing God. and corn? You've been in California too long. I, I don't understand. What's the... I, I'm sorry. Is there something wrong with California? I look outside and I see such clear and beautiful skies knowing it's perfect weather. And uh, how cold is it over there with you, uh, poor miserable people? It is Nate, actually beautiful over isn't here. Isn't the sky covered in smoke from all the wildfires? And ash covers all the streets and, and buildings. That was yesterday's problem. Guys, we don't, wanna, we don't want to date this episode and we don't want to get political. <laughs> yesterday's week. And worst of all, it's California. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh, California's going to rise over Indiana and we are jo- going to come. Josh, so, start anyway, the episode. Anyway, Josh, AJ, start the episode. How are you hurry? doing today? I'm just dandy, Josh, being in Indiana here, and oh, now ready we're to this charge. Up again? I'm just ready to charge and be the hero everyone needs and no one well, deserves. Thank you, AJ. I think I need a hero after this intro. AJ's the <laughs> hero that everyone needs, but nobody wants. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh jeez. Oh, yeah, l- l- like a lactate pill after a long night it's of like, Dairy Queen. Oh man, it's like Batman, except whenever he's like the signal comes up, he just sends an apology, going, "Sorry, I'm a little busy right now. Can you figure this out on your own?" <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd prefer that over AJ personally. Wow, thought I was leading the charge, but okay. Oh, you are, but that's because you'll die first. Listen, have you ever heard, you know why pawns are in front of the kings, rooks, and knights? That's the answer. Okay. Fodder. Well, let's get this fodder on the road. All right, well, AJ, thank you for that wonderful segue. Um, So I guess, yeah, let's give a quick recap so we can move into the action. Now, last week was an interesting one. Um, Our morning began with a dwarf and woman bursting into the tavern and demanding Hero's sister in finding her missing goat. Shortly after this, the party was just rearing, much like Daniel, to depart on this quest when some guardsmen burst in with the town undertaker and demanded that the party hand over the dead body they had in their possession. While doing this, they revealed that they were well aware of the disappearances in town, but they weren't willing to discuss it. After this, the party split up after Jasper departed in a huff. Theo and Gunner decided to head off in search of the missing goat, and Vez and Aegon were left to pay another visit to Rolf's wife, Rebecca. So let's see what happens in today's episode when we split the party. <laughs> so we're going to move on over, and we're going to start with Gunner and Theo. The morning sun is casting its warm rays across the grass as you guys walk with this dwarven woman back behind her home to her fence because you guys said that you wanted to investigate her fence to see if there was any way the goat could have escaped out of a hole of some kind. You don't mm-hmm. know. So why don't you guys both give me a perception check as you analyze the fence to look and see if there's any breakages or issues with it. Okay. 12 mm. Rooney. You said perception check, Josh? Yes. Okay, one second. Natural 20. Oh my goodness. Bah, 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 bah. Plus zero. So 20. Yes. Okay, so you guys are looking around the fence and there is nothing around the fence. Like there are no goat footprints from it leaving there's no breakages in the fence it's totally secure but what you do see Theo is in the middle of the paddock you see some of the the grass has been torn up like right in the center of the paddock Gunner it's this is kind of weird I don't see anything outside of the fence like nothing even if the goat did get out there's no sign of it well, I, I I mean, I don't think the uh, goat would have made too much damage to the ground. Uh, you, did you find anything inside of the fence? Yeah, there's... I mean, it's inside the fence, so it doesn't quite matter too much. But I mean, there is some... Uh, this grass seems like it's kind of damaged a bit. Let's go take a look, maybe. And he hops the fence. Oh, oh look at you! Now aren't you a goat? <laughs> Yes, look, look, look at the little goat. What a kidder. Ah, uh, no, I got do, that one. Did you see about it? Oh, you did, did, did you? <laughs> yeah. The, the this... dwarven woman laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> uh, mm. What a kidder. 
That, it wasn't as funny the second time. Yeah, oh, d- uh, Theo, I thought you, I you did can't, not do if you right? repeat my joke, it's not as okay. Oh, I thought it okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you find? What uh, did you find? Well, look here. Can can uh, Theo do an investigation check on on the grass here? I'm actually gonna have you make a nature check. Okay. So that's an intelligence-based check with the nature skill. Awesome, because you know intelligence is his forte. Oh, that fell off the table. One second. Oh, that's so much worse. Four. Okay, so you can't make anything out. Yeah, I think Gunner's gonna hop over too. You see, like, haha, I'm 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 a kidder. Don't 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 say the joke again. It's not as funny. Oh, so, okay. so, it's a certain time. Okay. Should I stop digging with the axe? So Gunner can also make a nature check. Okay. That is an 11. Okay, so you get closer, and as you're looking through, you realize that the grass is kind of messed up and compressed in a way, and what you actually see are what appear to be, like, footprints, like, just in the grass, not even in the dirt, just in the grass, compressing it. I want to say they look like a bird of prey footprints, like with the talons and everything, but they're, like, three feet long. Gunner turns completely white um well uh feel i i you, think you're okay it looks like you've lost your color no <clears throat> it, um i i think whatever <laughs> took it was kind of big <clears throat> and you turn around and now that you're inside the fence directly in front of you you can see big scratch marks across the inside of the fence oh oh huh wow You'd think we we would have noticed that sooner, huh? Well, I mean, it's on the inside. I I was looking from the outside. You know, it really takes a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Well, well, um, did you did you find anything? Do you, do you have any big birds around here, ma'am? Well, uh, there's the uh, occasional cockatrice, but besides that, they usually uh, stay away. Would oh. Would Theo know what those are by chance? Uh, I don't well, think why don't you would. give me a nature check again? I was just wondering, given from from his location of origin, I don't know if he would or not, but I'll give it well, a try. Well, give me a nature check. Yeah, I'll give Gunner it a can give me a nature check, too. Okay. I got a 14. I got a 13. Okay, so just a real quick note for our audience. If you listened to our rules episode, I did mention that I tend to run some monsters differently from how they're presented in the monster manual. This is one of those ways. In the monster manual, a cockatrice is a small monster about the size of a turkey, that paralyzes you with its bite. Not paralyzes, uh, turns you to stone with its bite. In Hemeril, this world, Cockstrice is a 20-foot-long lesser wyvern with a beak, some feathers, and a paralyzing stinger at the end of its tail. They tend to stay away from most habitated areas because even though they're long, they're kind of spindly, so they're not ridiculously strong. And they normally don't attack anything bigger than chickens, or in this case, goats. They do have a limited flight ability as well. So they're they're relatively rare, and they're not unheard of. But in most cases, they're not an issue. They usually stay away. It'd be really weird if one got, came this close. Well, G- Gunnar says, uh, So, um, lady, well, first of all, what, what is your name? How rude of me. I, I've been here for, for quite some time, and I haven't, uh, I, I, I don't believe I've introduced myself. I am Gunner. A pleasure to make your acquaintance. Oh, it's a, well, it's a pleasure to meet you. I am, I am Vasia. I herd goats. 
Well, I've got my favorite goat here, but I've also got more out in the fields. Actually, uh, and she, uh, she points, uh, you can kind of see them right over there. And, uh, you look past and you can see that they're actually grazing in a field. It's about a half mile from your current location, but since you're elevated, you can see out. And, uh, they're actually relatively close to Farmer Rolf's field. Mmm. She's like, but I keep my favorite goat here. I see. What makes your goat, this goat, uh, your favorite? Oh, he, he is, uh, he is a, a trickster, and he is very virile. That sounds weird, but I mean, I breed other goats with him. Um. That, that's the connotation there. Well, um, I think he might have been taken by a cockatrice. What? No. Yeah, look. No, they, they'd never come this close. No, look, come in the fence. I was going to say, if, if, if you look uh, right here, you, you can see that uh, this is most likely the case. And, and look, I, I think a cockatrice could fly over your fence uh, quite easily. Oh, my gods. Oh, no, little, little Billy. Yep, well. No, my Billy goat graph, he's gone. Don't doubt me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks up at you. I will pay you handsomely if you can avenge his death. And she grabs your coat and pulls you close. Find the cockatrice and kill it. Bring me its head. Oh, gosh. Uh, how, how much? You will be avenged. <laughs> how, 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 how much gold? I mean, we, we are going to kill a cockatrice. It, it is worth well, a- hold asking. On. Hold on, Gunner. I mean, it's it's just a living thing, you know. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it needs to eat. And she right, said right. it doesn't come here often. One hundred silver pieces. <laughs> we'll take it. What, hold, Gunner? It's not very we hero-like. We need the money, Theo. Your charity is running our coffers dry. If there is, if there is a cockatrice running around, the other farmers will pitch in. I will promise you one hundred silver pieces. Look at me. I am Theo. I uh, do things for free. That—that that was my impression of you. That sounds nothing like me. Well, it sounded exactly like you, because you do too many things for free. It's because that's what heroes do. We don't just take money from poor farmers. No offense. Um, okay. To the fields! But and, no, uh, Gunner, and, come and back! Gunner, Gunner just starts charging off towards uh, the goats and, and Farmer <laughs> Rolf's fields. We have the lead! <laughs> All right. Now we're going to cut to Vez and Aegon. You guys have left the town and you've well you've left the walled portion of the town you've gone back to the outskirts and you are heading towards rebecca's home you can see it like just just a little ways ahead um so we're going to go and check in on her and see maybe hopefully if we're very lucky rolf has returned home and if not to the fields yes that sounds like the right course of action to me As you guys get close, the door bursts open and Rebecca comes running out. Rolf has not returned home! Have you found him? Um, well, that answers one question. (laughs) Uh, no. Is is he behind Aegon? No, no, unfortunately not. Um, we're going to go and check the fields right now. We were trying to do that yesterday and then the whole exploding person thing. But we're better now and we're back out on the case. Oh, yes, the exploding thing. She looks over at Aegon. Wasn't that that tiefling fire stuff, was it? No, ma'am. It was a person who had been captured, and then they had um, augmentation added, and then that took over the 
body and, yeah, and sound, then that sounds like something a tiefling would do no it's not leave <laughs> oh him God. alone he has done nothing wrong he's actually a very holy man robes don't fool me Vez gets like really upset <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you I, I know no fire spells or magic I'll be watching you and we're going to look for your husband, so why don't you go back into your house and let us do our jobs and leave the tiefling alone, who's actually a very good person. She, like, grabs uh, Aegon and, like, starts dragging him towards the field. Yeah, we should charge up. We should charge the racist lady double. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> so you walk back through some of the houses and you make your way towards Rolf's field? Is that, is that what you said, you know? Yeah. She's, like, sort of kind of dragging Aegon probably faster than he would normally walk behind her because she's, like, anger, like, doing the anger marching. Okay. So you guys uh, get to the edge of Farmer Rolfsfield and you look out and it's mostly, it's like rolling hills out in that direction. His field's a half mile by a half mile, approximately, with stone walls uh, separating it from the surrounding areas. His is designated mostly for cattle, so you just kind of see the herd wandering around out there the grass is relatively short it's pretty open and pretty empty but in the back mo like most of the way down you can see there is a, a small grove of trees that stands out and then at the very edge of his field to the west you can see another farmstead with a windmill hmm. and then there's a another field kind of bordering those the goat field is the one to the west near the windmill. Okay. So this is kind of your, your play area. Well, Viz, where, where do you think we should start first? I was kind of thinking we check the trees back there. I think that's probably a good idea because we can kind of see most of the rest of the place and I don't see anybody down. Yes, it, it doesn't seem like the type of place a person could go missing from. Shall we? Yes, of course. All right, so you guys head off towards the Grove of Trees, and we're going to jump back into town, and we're going to look at Jasper. So what is Jasper doing right now? Jasper, I guess, would just go around and talk to the local people about also the disappearances that have been going on. Okay, so in this case, I am going to have you make an investigation check, Nate. So use your investigation skill. Give me a wisdom with a wisdom modifier. Wow, that's the third 11 in a row, baby. So an 11 total? No, 16. Oh, wow, 16 total. Okay, so nice. you go around, you're kind of in the market area still, and you're asking people, like, we get a montage of you talking to a farmer, and he points you in one direction, then you talk to a homeless guy, and he points you in another direction, and then you're talking to Twig from a couple episodes ago, and he flips you off, but then points you in another direction. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And now you're uh, outside a small cobbler's Does shop. Twig know that I'm an elf, though? Or is he just unnaturally that pissy? Nate, it was, it was supposed to be funny. Oh. It was just, I broke my immersion, Josh. And you just broke my flow. <laughs> you threw off my groove. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. So you're outside of a cobbler shop. For If you don't know what a cobbler is, they make shoes. And uh, all the information you've gathered... And the Marcus Square has led you to this person being one who disappeared for a short while, but it was due to water poisoning. Like, they drank some bad water, so they disappeared for a while before they resurfaced. But it's the best lead you got. But I guess I'll just go in and have a nice little chat. 
All right, so you uh, push open the doors and you walk in and you see uh, an older looking guy with a thin white mustache and goatee and some wild looking hair uh, working on some shoes, stitching them, shining them. And he looks up and says, oh, it's a it's a fine elf friend. Is there anything I can do for you today? I'm uh, I'm Caleb the cobbler. That's what they call me. Hi, I was just hoping to buy a new pair of shoes, to be honest. These are getting old. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 of course. And he begins to rummage around, and he's muttering to himself, and says, Oh, sorry, I, I forgot to ask, uh, what, what size are you looking for? Here, let me, get my, let me get my ruler. And he starts looking around. <sighs> I'm a size 10. Oh, no, I, oh, okay, well, that, that's a good start. Uh, gosh, where, where, are the, where are the size 10s? Oh, and he, he looks really scatterbrained. I'm sorry, sir. Is everything okay? Oh, no, just my, my memory just hasn't been the same since the water incident. It's been weird. I actually know some medicinal things. What happened? I might be able to help a little. Well, I was I was by the well outside the town, and uh, must have must have been some bad water in there because I woke up three days later. Nowhere near the well. I was uh, I was out in the fields. Uh, which fields, out of curiosity? Do you happen to know who, whose or uh, um, things like that? I think it was, uh, huh. You know, I actually can't remember whose fields it was. Weird, isn't it? Huh. Could you... Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of concerned since I uh, dabble in some medicinal properties. Could you Oh, no, no, describe? no, no. I'm just, I'm just here to sell shoes. No. Okay. And he's, we can uh, buy kinda, shoes. He's kind of shuffling around but he doesn't look like he's actually looking for shoes at this point like he looks like he, he looks like he's trying to stall i believe those pair of sandals over there would do quite nicely oh 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 yes yes of course and he uh brings over the pair of size seven sandals and says okay well i want you i want you to try these on of course and then i say oh those look good too can you uh let me see those two those shoes over there and then he just casually says oh they fit so well as he turns around turns around as in basically when he looks away jasper's gonna say like oh they fit so well because he's disguised himself oh okay okay it'll look weird if he puts on shoes for example right now he's like oh okay okay good you wanted these shoes and he plops some uh, size 12 shoes down on the counter he says okay uh here these they should fit just fine too they look marvelous but sorry one more question if you don't mind me asking them what did the fields look like? I need to um, um, uh, stop, stop. Stop asking about the fields. I, I, I can't. Rem- I can't remember my. The water messed with my brain, and he kind of does a, the head explosion motion with his hands. I Thank can't you. remember. A th- I can't remember a thing these days. Uh, would you like to? Would you like to make a, make a purchase? I would. Jasper just gives a big smile and says, "I would like to make a purchase." Oh, okay. Well, what would you like? The the, the sandals or the the shoes? To be honest, I think the sandals will work a little better. Oh, 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 okay. How much is it, good sir? Okay, well that would be uh, five silver pieces for the for the sandals. They're very fine sandals. Jasper looks down. Are they actually good sandals? He's just gonna <laughs> buy them, but he's questioning. Yeah, they're this good guy. sandals, but they're definitely not size ten. Okay. And then he says, "Thank you," and I hand him five silver pieces. Okay, well, thank, thank you very much. You have a good day. Thank and he, you. And he looks like he's he's done talking to you. Gives a little bow and walks outside. All right. So then we're going to cut back to Gunner and Theo. You guys are 
in the middle of a field and there are goats all around you. They're coming up and yanking at your clothing and just being a nuisance in general. <laughs> oh, get get that out of your mouth. Tuo is having a blast running around <laughs> with the goats. <laughs> good boy, good boy. This is a great idea, Gunner. Glad we came out here. Uh, what what are we looking for? We are looking for a cockatrice and maybe Farmer Rolf. I'm uh, I I shudder to think that we may find them both, but uh, I'm hoping so just the farmer. Well, actually, Gunner, now that I have you here for a minute, I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. I. I mean, you want to be a hero, right? Uh, of of course. And, you know, we do stuff, we've been doing hero stuff, and we save people, and we do good mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of course, yes, yes. I just, I'm just a little upset with you, though, lately, because I don't think you've been very hero-like. Oh, why, why do you say that? I mean, is it is it because my biceps aren't as big as they were? No, 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 I mean... I, mean, I can do a couple more curls, you watch. Well, you probably uh, uh, should. G- g- give me that goat. Uh, oh, no, too heavy. Okay, <laughs> Do you want the, sm- you want the kid? No. It's fine. No, it's fine. What is your point, Theo? I, well, I mean, you started a fight, and you got Vez hurt, and then we got into an, another fight, and you both went down because you both were hurt because of that fight, and now you're mm. taking money from poor farmers, and wyverns are just animals. They're out there, and it's not around here causing panic. It's just every once in a while, I guess it comes down. She said it's a rare occasion. She's hysterical right now because her favorite goat's gone, but you just took her money because you were just like, yay, money. Don't get me wrong, I like money. I like food and stuff, but it's just heroes do things because they know it's the right thing to do. Not because they make money or because they want to show off to the other bard. And I just, I'm a little worried, Gunner. I think Gunner uh, does genuinely listen to what Theo says, but I think he just kind of, he just goes, and he sort of temples his hands and he says, Fio, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but what is clear to me is that uh, I'm more of a big picture person, and it seems to me like, oh, it's kind of rough to say, but I'm going to say it, you seem to be kind of a small picture kind of person, you know? Does that that sort of clarify some things? Well, no, because most time I have to be in bigger pictures because I'm too tall, um... Not not literally, Theo. I just mean, look, when I asserted our dominance over the others, I did that because now they think we are big and bad, and we are, and the other thing. I can understand your concern for the first one, but how do you plan for us to buy food if we don't charge any kind of rate? I think a hundred silver pieces is perfectly fair for her prize goat. Well, that's, that's why we have Laszlo. He's the one taking care of stuff like this. He's the smart guy, the, the money person. When we met him, he said he'd take over the finances. That's what, That way we could be heroes. Gunnar walks forward and puts his hand on, on Fio's shoulder. Fio, I, un- I appreciate your concern, but at some point in your life, you're going to have to learn. You can't rely on other people to take care of you. And, as a matter of fact, you can't take care of everyone on your own. So, as you guys are walking and talking uh, you realize that you have left the goats behind and you have actually wandered into the uh, the area I was describing earlier with the farmhouse and the windmill and uh, you look up and 
you're just in some other guy's uh, farmland, and there's a a man leaning against the windmill, which you're just noticing now is actually not spinning. And the man is just leaning against the windmill and looking at you guys. Well, let's table our conversation for later. I I think we should ask this guy about Farmer Rolf. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Tuo. Excuse me, you there? Yes, Uh, you. The the one leaning on the windmill? And he kind of looks around and he points at himself with a... Me? Uh, Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Uh, Uh, My name is uh, Gunnar, and this is my companion, Theo, and his little companion, Tuo. Uh, May I ask you what your name is? Um, no, no, you may not. Oh, oh, hmm, okay. Well, uh, can you at least tell us anything about uh, Farmer Rolf? I I don't know who you're talking about. I'm just here to fix this windmill. What's wrong with it? Well, it's it's not working. Well? You see, it's not spinning. It doesn't spin. They can't use the grindstone. Oh! Well... What, what about this? If we help you fix this windmill... No, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't want your help. Well, I'm really strong, though. I could move whatever in the way, nope, maybe. No, I'm, or... I'm good. Look, look, look at those puppies. And he grabs Fio's bicep. The, these puppies are juiced. Look at that. I could squeeze them. <laughs> he like steps a, a little bit like closer. Watermelon. He, he gets out of the shade of the windmill, and you can see he has big muscles, too. He's a big, strong guy. He looks like a big, like, badass farmhand. He's he... Nope, I, I'm good. I um, think you should leave now. I've got to get back to fixing this windmill. Is he bigger than Fio? He's probably about the same size as Fio. Yeah. Dude, Gunner, like, everybody around here is not, as not big as, as me. It's crazy. <laughs> he's not as tall as, as Fio, but he's oh, okay. not as muscular. Gotcha. Well, Gunner, you heard it, man. We should just move on. I... No, no, we can't be heroes. We can't save everything. We should just move on and not help anybody, even if they're being weird. I'm a bit skeptical that this man wants us to leave so bad. If you had nicely asked us to leave, I don't think I would have been as uh, curious. But uh, you you seem to want to have us leave in a hurry. It, It seems oddly suspicious for an area where a man has gone missing. Okay, Were you aware? Look, please, I'll pay you to go. How much? Gunner! He looks, he's like, uh, I, I have five gold pieces and 30 silver pieces. Gunner, what are you doing? It's like, that's all I've got. I just, you guys gotta leave. Interesting. Gunner, and we're leaving. Don't you dare take that money. Why would... Look, please, please, just, just go. And he, he, he looks a little worried. I'm going inside of that windmill. No, no, and you can't not. stop me. Please, Theo. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Theo picks up Gunner. Gunner, we're going. No! Theo, it is clear that this man is hiding something. We are looking for a missing man, and this man is hiding something. Don't you think that is strange? Theo looks at you, like, with very serious eyes and says, Gunner, we're leaving. And he looks at him, like, to, you know, come on, hush. Gunner grins and is like, Oh, fine. I, I suppose if you insist... Well, it was nice talking to you. I will come back for the five gold at some other point. Maybe no, I won't. will, maybe I won't. I don't know. My memory is so bad. To coma. And uh, he, he looks relieved and he uh, steps back and says, okay, okay. And does he go inside the windmill? No, he, uh, he leans against the windmill and he keeps watching you guys as you guys walk away. 
We're purposely walking towards uh, Farmer Rouse Field trying to look for... Well, Fia's looking for uh, Vez and Aogon carrying Gunner. Oh, I thought you were... I, well, Gunner make Gunner slaps you till he till you put him down. Well, but wait until we're out of the way. You guys start. You guys make your way like you're pretending to head towards Farmer Rolf's field, and you look up and you can see two little figures walking into the grove of trees from where you are. Oh well, we'll have to circle back after we get them. I'm going to get into that windmill one way or another. That 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 was a good cover feel. You actually had me there. I thought I thought you really didn't want us to go in there. Well, I mean, you I, are clever I was kind than of you being, think. Being a little passive mean, but then I realized that he was in trouble and you were making him upset. But you you, you didn't really f- want us to go inside the windmill? Well, at first, because you were being mean and talking about how I don't know what money is like and and stuff and we can't help people. But then I realized he was you were trying to help and I got confused and so I picked you up. All right, so we are going to jump back to... Vez and Aegon, you guys are in this small grove of trees. It's probably about a quarter mile wide, and you're just you're kind of trudging your way through the forest. Kind of, there's not really a whole lot of undergrowth because it's a relatively small grove of trees, um, and you can still see like through the tree trunks relatively with ease. They're not super super thick. Hmm. Uh, can can I like look around to see if there's anything? Like, can I identify any animal tracks or? Or something like that, or yeah, sure. Why don't you give me a? a I'll, I'll I'll say perception check to see if you can notice anything. Both of you can give me perception checks. I got a five. I got a thirteen. Okay, so as you guys are walking through, um, you guys don't see anything that stands out. You're kind of combing the forest, and as you guys walk past the uh, this big tree the camera pans to the side that you guys couldn't see, and there is a three large claw marks down the side of the tree, but you guys don't notice it. Oh, man. Uh. So you guys keep trekking through the the grove for a while, and you crest small hill, probably a, about a ten-foot jump, and you get to the top of it, and uh, can you guys give me another perception check? <laughs> That's a 20 on the die, so that's 22. I got a four. (laughs) Okay, so Aegon is about to walk off the other edge of the hill because it has a sudden drop where it looks like a large burrow has been dug into the side of the hill. But Vez reaches out her arm and grabs him and pulls him back. Oh, thank you very much, Vez. It would have been a bad time if I had fallen in there. Uh, yeah. But it's it's okay. We will just what what would make something like that? Yeah, it's like a it's not like a hole straight down the hill. It's like kind of in the side of the hill. But since you guys were at the top cresting the hill, you could have fallen and like fallen and hit mm. the entrance. So it kind of like goes down in a slope into the hill. Right. Definitely hobbits. It might be a hobbit if hobbits emit a low hiss. <laughs> and a deep warble as su- as a shadow begins to make its way from the depths of the burrow. Um, Aogon, do you know what this might be? <laughs> uh, you see uh, two large, scaly, bat-like wings emerge as it pulls itself out. And as it gets out, 
you see a flourish of brightly colored feathers, followed by a sharp beak, a big fleshy crown, and waddles, like the dangly fleshy bits beneath the beak as a cockatrice emerges from the burrow not 10 feet from you. Good. And we're gonna jump over to Jasper. <laughs> oh man. What's Jasper up to? Jasper's just looking for the uh, information about the guards and other things. So many creepy things going along and uh, the guards seem so uh, polite. Yeah, I mean, because you had the guards come in last episode and just take the body away. They wouldn't tell you what was going on. You tried to follow a lead, but Cobbler didn't seem like he wanted to talk to you a whole lot. So how are you trying to do this? Like, who are you talking to now? Hmm. Basically, I would just start asking around a little bit more cautiously, just saying, like, I've some disappearances and stuff like that. And I heard that there's um, some water poisoning, basically, and some things like that. And asking, how are the guards taking care of this? So... Since you're asking around, why don't you give me another investigation check? Since you're asking very specifically about bad water and how the guards are handling it. That's a nine. Okay, so we see another montage. Uh, You're talking to uh, a nearby guard and he points you in one direction. Then we see you talking to another guard. He points you in another direction. And then we go to a shot and you're just looking at a poster hanging on a brick wall. And the poster is just an advertisement for a play. <laughs> Maybe it's a good play. So as you're, as you're standing there realizing that you weren't able to actually get any good information, uh, you feel something around your feet and you look down and you see the alley cat that was bugging you a little while back is now uh, making its way between your legs. It's kind of like purring and rubbing up against you. Promise me, dear cat, you'll keep the dog away from me it just looks up at you and purrs i look around at it i'm like do you wish to take me anywhere little cat or are you just here for a ride as he just reached down to pick it up it immediately starts trotting off to the west towards the town gate then it looks back at you and waits let's go little friend just remember bite the eyes of the dog (laughs) it does the thing where it, it trots for a while looks back trots for a while, looks back, and so on and so forth as it leads you out of the town. And then we're back to Gunner and Theo once again. You guys are in Farmer Rolf's field. You're about half a mile from the, the big old grove. What are you guys doing? I know you guys are heading in that direction, but what are you looking for? Well, you mentioned that we saw two figures figures heading to the to the woods. Um did we recognize them at all, or we just see two two people go in there? They were like half a mile away. I think it's kind of hard to recognize people from that distance. Okay. I mean, as an audience, we know who they are. Hmm. There are so many strange people out here. Hmm. Well, I don't think the guy behind us is going anywhere. Mm-mm. But maybe these mysterious people, we will catch them in their heinous acts. But what, what do you say, Fio? Well, I think we should go get... Vez and, and uh, Aegon, because, I mean, if they're up to bad stuff, they're probably not alone. Hmm. That is a good point. Where, where do you think they would be? Well, I mean, they were out looking for the goat, and she told me that it was silly not to look for Ralph, so maybe they're out here? Yeah, that that's what I am thinking. Okay, well, let's, you want to fan out and look for over the field real quick for Ralph and them? No. 
It's Rolf. Everyone's calling him Ralph. <laughs> guys, it's Rolf. R-O-L-F. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> well, Theo, you do what you want. I am convinced that I need to catch these villains in the act. I'm reasonably stealthy, but uh, most likely if I run into trouble, I will run away. Well, you're not trying to compensate for me saying you're not being hero-like lately by just jumping after the first thing, are you? Mm, could be. I don't know. <laughs> Gunner, I didn't mean... Listen, Gunner I'm sta- just... Gunner starts walking. Gunner, no. <sighs> what? I can't hear you. All this hero work is very, uh, very taxing on mine ears. I'm taxing on your ears in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Jump back to Jasper. Jasper is following the cat as it weaves its way through the street. And for a brief second, you lose track of the cat. And now you're just making your way out of the town. And then suddenly you blink and you see a small figure running like away from you. And if you had blood, it would go cold because the figure glances back at you with a panicked expression. And you see the face of Priscilla, the gnome girl that we were introduced to in your flashback. And she is bolting out of town. And then you blink and she's just gone. And you can see the cat around your feet again, trying to move you along. Obviously, Priscilla needs me to follow her. So I immediately just start bolting as hard as I can. All right. So Jasper takes off and we cut back to Vez and Aegon. You guys are at the top of this hill, right at the edge of this burrow. And this 20 foot long cockatrice with a wingspan to match is looking up at you and hissing. Um, maybe if we just back away very slowly, it won't attack us. Yes, let's hope it's not hungry or anything. Why don't you guys give me a, a why don't you guys give me a nature check? <laughs> Seven. I got a twenty. Okay, so Aegon, you know the same things I said earlier mm. about them being you know, they normally target smaller creatures. They're not really too dangerous to people because they like to stay away from towns and habitated areas. Mm. But what you do know, in addition to that, is that this cockatrice is making itself look bigger because it is apparently scared. Okay. So it is hissing at you and backing away and like fluffing up its feathers and spreading its wings so it looks really big. Okay. Yeah, Aegon will say, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, it doesn't want anything to do with us, just as we want nothing to do with it. And as you say that, it takes a few hops forward and lets out another hiss before taking another hop backwards. Bevez is trying to look as not threatening as possible while also backing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with Aegon. Okay, so I think what I'm going to do, since you guys are trying to look unassuming to this animal... I'm going to have you guys give me animal handling checks, but use your charisma bonus because you're like trying to put on a show. You're trying to show it and you're also trying to draw on your knowledge of how to act around animals. Okay. Okay. 14. I got a five. (laughs) So as you guys are backing away, it does its thing again where it hops at you, hisses, hops back, hops at you again, hisses, hops back. And then it hops forward 
and then keeps going forward as it charges the two of you. <laughs> Roll for initiative. Oh, no. Yay. Oh, jeez. Uh, good. It's just the two of them, right? I got yep. a good initiative roll, at least. I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got 10 total. What'd you get, Joel? I got a 20. Okay, well, I don't know, but maybe turning and running. <laughs> Say, I'm, I'm quick, though, so... <laughs> yeah, you're quick. I am. <laughs> I don't know about him, but I'm fast. How convenient. <laughs> I actually am extra quick now. I didn't really say any. I forgot to say it, but I am. I can do 40 feet of movement now. All right, so top of the round, Aegon, you get to go first. This cockatrice is bearing down on you. It is running with its back legs. It's occasionally reaching forward at the tree trunks and grabbing them with uh, the finger part of its wings and, like, thrusting itself forward. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Uh, well, I think in this situation, uh, with this type of creature, Aegon is not confident in his ability to escape. So I think he's going to go into fight mode. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with casting one of my brand new spells, which is Hex on the Cockatrice as a bonus action. Okay. Uh, so Aegon brings out his, his rod and waves it through the air and points into the cockatrice and there's just kind of this a sparkly field surrounds it as, as Aegon uh, asks for help from his patron uh, to weaken the creature through his future attacks. And what does Hex do? Yeah, so Hex, let's see, let me read the text. You place a curse on a creature that you can see within range. Until the spell ends, you deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever you hit it with an attack. Also, you choose one ability when you cast the spells, and the target has disadvantage on ability checks made with that chosen ability. Uh, if the target drops to zero hit points before the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on a subsequent turn of yours to curse a new creature. I will uh, choose strength as the ability check that it gets disadvantage on. All right. Sounds good. So it is now surrounded by these this white light that your hex is mm. like, putting off. And uh, I think just real quick, we jump back to Gunner and Theo, and you guys see there's a light shining from the darkness of the trees. You guys are a little bit closer now. Theo, we are going to miss it. Run. All right. This actually does look exciting. And Gunner just starts sprinting towards it. It's like, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him doing this weird transformation. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then as an action, Aegon will cast his Eldritch Blast at the creature. So he will fire a ray of light at it from his rod. All right. And that ends up being a 12 to hit. 12 will not hit. Okay. So the... The light streaks out and it like disintegrates against its scales. And once he sees that miss, he will start backing off into the forest a little bit. So he'll move, uh, yeah, he'll move south about 20 feet. He doesn't want to abandon Vez. Yeah, he's kind of like backpedaling while he's casting his spells at it. Yeah. All right, well, then it is the cockatrice's turn, and it is going to jump into the air, and it's going to flap its wings a few times. 
but because of the tree cover, it's having trouble actually flying. So like it flaps, then like reaches up and hooks its finger around the tree branches and like half flaps, half swings its way through the forest towards Vez. And its tail is gonna swing right at you and you see this big glistening stinger at the end. And that is gonna be a 21 to hit you. Oh, of course it is. (laughs) Well, what happens? So, well, oh my God, that's bad. It's gonna be 13 piercing damage to you. Good, yes. As it sinks deep into your shoulder. Oh my God. And now you're gonna have to give me a constitution saving throw. Well, she was really fun to play. Um, I really enjoyed this experience with you guys. Uh, Aww. Uh, that's going to be 17 overall for cunts. Okay. Or no. Uh, 16. 16. Okay. No, my saving so, throw. Jesus, Janelle. Yeah. Oh my 16. gosh, We're Janelle. Good. I'm sorry. I know you're getting flustered because you're going to die, but come on, at least yeah. give us the right number. 16. 16, okay. So its stinger sinks into you and you can feel the venom pumping into you and your muscles are beginning to lock up. Like it almost feels like you're turning to stone. You're not, it's the venom, but it feels awful. But since you succeeded, you are not paralyzed and you will take half the poison damage. (laughs) Oh no. Oh my God. So I'm down. So that Um, would have been 16 poison damage. So I'm down. Oh my God. And she's down. <laughs> so it just <laughs> stinger hits you and you go down. And then Aegon, it steps over her and turns its gaze to you and lets out a threatening warble. Uh-oh. This is my specialty. <laughs> Getting taken down in one hit. Yeah. Yeah. And she even got stronger. <laughs> <laughs> You just had to go and fight one of these cockatrices. I didn't try to. <laughs> I was fine. You guys split the party. I am so. sabotaged yeah. by everyone. <laughs> if it's anyone's thought, fault, AJ, it's yours. No, she didn't want to go save a goat because she thought she was too Actually, up Actually, you were going to leave before she was even down there. Yeah, this- you left before I even got out of my room. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Mom, Dad, please stop fighting. <laughs> Go to your room, Daniel. So Vez, it's it's Thanksgiving and I hate it. Yes, <laughs> give me your first death saving throw. Good lord. Da, 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 three. Yay. Oh no. So that's one failed Fair. death save. You are Oh Janelle. It'll be fine. AJ, this is your fault. Don't feel bad for me. Get your ass oh over here. Oh my god. <laughs> so then after that we're gonna cut to Jasper. We see Jasper dead on sprinting. He runs past Rebecca's house uh, and he's running through the field. He's following this vision that he's seeing of this gnomish girl running through the fields and it's kind of blinking in and out. Uh, The cat is really far behind, but it's sprinting to keep up with you, like yowling the whole way. And then we cut back to Aegon. It is your turn. Okay, well. Seeing Vez go down, he's not gonna pull any punches here, so he's gonna cast another first level spell. Uh, this time it'll be Guiding Bolt, uh, and I will explain what that does. Uh, the description is as follows A flash of light streaks toward a creature of your choice within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On hit, the target takes 46 radiant damage, and the next attack roll against this target, made before the end of your next turn, has advantage. 
Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, he's going to raise his rod yet again as if he was going to cast an Eldritch Blast, but instead this time it's wells up with even more radiant power and uh, a very bright bolt comes out of the end of his rod. Okay. So to hit is a 17. That will hit. All right, good stuff. So that'll be 46 radiant plus 1d6 necrotic for my hex. Okay, that's 7 plus 9. 15 plus 4 is 15 radiant damage and 4 necrotic damage. Okay, for a total of 19 damage. So you blast it really hard and you send a shower of scales and feathers off of its left shoulder and it lets out an agonized shriek and outside our other party members see the grove of trees and you just see this blinding light uh, shining even through the morning sunlight just illuminate the grove Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he will begin sauntering off into the west and as he walks past Vez he will kind of say a word to his patron really quick and give her uh, one of his healing light. Actually, he'll he'll use two of his healing light dice on her as a bonus action to heal uh, 2d6. And that will heal Vez for a total of eight hit points. So Vez, again, gasps as she's laying on the ground on death's door and then suddenly brought back to health. Yeah. Oh, man. And all the while, uh, Aegon's trying to hold the, the cockatrice's attention. All right. So then it's on to the cockatrice's turn, and it is ignoring Vez because it hasn't noticed her be healed. So it is going to launch itself into the air and glide towards Aegon. And while it lands, it's going to swing its stinger tail underneath it right at you. Uh, Janelle, you are prone, but since it is leaving your reach, you can try to attack it if you would like, if you want to make an opportunity attack. Yeah, I'm trying to weigh my options here. With an uh, with an opportunity attack, you can't really do much other than just do a single attack. I know, but then it knows I'm awake. <laughs> I'm just giving you the option. If you don't want to, just say you don't want to. No, I think she's mad. She's just gonna... Yeah. She's just angry that she keeps going down. She worked so hard to get stronger, and <laughs> she's in the exact same place. <laughs> so we're just going to go for it. All right, you have disadvantage because you're prone, and you're trying to swing up at him. Yep. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's an eight, so that's going to miss. Okay, so you swing up at it, and it doesn't even notice you. That's but okay. But its stinger does fly at Aegon with a 22 to hit. And it's me. I'm rolling too high for this. I'm upset. Well, not really, but I'm kind of upset. So I'm assuming that's a hit, Joel? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that is going to be nine piercing damage as a stinger like stabs into your side. And it's going to start pumping you full of these toxins. So give me a constitution saving throw. All right. That's a 19. 19. Okay. So you're... You succeed, you're able to like work past this paralyzing venom coursing through your body, but you're still going to take half the poison damage, which would have been nine, but goes down to four. All right. 
and the cockatrice lets out a very shrill warble that everyone within like a quarter mile can hear. So does that mean that... That means Gunner and Theo are getting close to the edge of the grove and then they hear this warbling shriek echo through the trees out towards you guys. And that also means Gunner pulls out both short swords because he's like, oh no, this is not good. And same with Jasper. Jasper hears the faintest sound, but as he's sprinting, he looks up and he sees Gunner and Theo run into the grove. He's close enough to them that he can see that it's them. And then we're on to Vez. What are you going to do? Um, she uses half of her movement to stand back up. And then she's going to pretty much flank it at this point. She's going to charge at it from behind while its attention is focused on Aegon. Yes. And take out her, well, she's already has her staff out. And she's just going to attempt to just whack the crap out of this thing. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe while it's distracted. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's a 22. A 22 will hit. And this is with both hands coming down. Well, that's six damage (laughs) for that. Uh And then I'm actually going to use a key point to do. It's called Fury of Blows. Basically, immediately after I take the attack action on my turn, I can spend one key point and make two unarmed strikes as bonus action. Oh, wow. Nice. So we're going to try to, I guess, punch it. (laughs) And she's just angry. (laughs) First one is a 19. That will hit. Uh, and that is <laughs> seven damage. And her fists do more than her stick does, but that's okay. Well, she's a, she's a monk. She's yeah. channeling all that <laughs> inner energy. And then that is going to be 21. 21 will hit as well. And that is six damage. All right. So you come up behind it and you slam your staff down onto its left hip. And then you charge forward and you punch and you kick, channeling all your energy into the blows and the cockatrice rears up between the two of you and lets out another very angry shriek. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. Some of the background music and ambience in this episode is from Sirenscape. Enhance your gaming table at sirenscape.com. The songs Country Village and Waterkeep are from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 
4.0.